<laughs> Not the Chuddle. Chuddle. This movie sounds awful. I'm sorry, guys. Surprise! <laughs> Boiled down. Hello, club members. Welcome to a brand new Boiled Down meeting of the Chuddle the Pod Horror Movie Club. Tonight, we have a very special one for you. But before that, we got to let you know we are without Ross tonight. He is he's a busy boy working on a mm-hmm. crazy ass tattoo that he has to do. So our, our you know, got to do his real job. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so good luck to all that. But Sam's here. I'm here. So let's get into the fun stuff tonight we have a very special guest curtis david harder welcome hello Yay, yeah. <laughs> thanks so much for having of me. course it's our pleasure we're kind of continuing our theme because last week uh we just uh covered your movie influencer and we were really big fans of it sam and i were on top of it pretty quickly let ross mm-hmm. jump on it and then we're like well, we need to cover it so we're like hey let's <laughs> take a shot <laughs> and see if uh, you're available <laughs> yeah no, I'm glad you guys talked it. Yeah. yeah, thanks for coming on. Do you, real quick, I, I do you prefer Curtis, Kurt, Mister Harder? Uh, either or, <laughs> Curtis or Kurt. Yeah, Mister oh, cool. Harder. Yeah, <laughs> months later. Okay, get real professional. I mean, okay, so this could be an easy question. This could be a hard question, but to start us all off, we got to know, Freddie or Jason. I mean, it has to go to Freddy. He like oh, right. he gets in your head and, and messes with you. He's just like he's such a zany, crazed man. I don't know the whole dream I, thing. I agree. I think that's the fir- I think that's the first Freddy answer we've gotten since we started oh, really? asking this. Yeah, yeah. They've all gone to Jason so I don't far. Know. Yeah, I, I agree. Can get in your dreams. I'm Team Freddy. That's crazy. I think um, we had Aaron B. Coons on, and he said that uh, he really liked. Freddy, but he ultimately gave it to Jason as well. So yeah, oh, Freddy's like admittedly scarier, cooler concept, but the brutality of Jason. <laughs> I mean, I love Aaron, but he's definitely wrong here. <laughs> I'll tell him later. <laughs> Perfect. All right. So that being said, I don't know if you grew up Freddy, Jason, both or anything that. What is kind of uh, your horror history? Yeah, I mean, I, I was a bit of a late bloomer um i didn't watch a lot of horror movies like kind of some of the classics like the shining or i was a big m night fan growing mm-hmm. up but i didn't watch a lot of horror until we had done kind of a sci-fi movie and we were me and my co-producer were kind of tapped with some friends of ours to help them produce uh, this movie stillborn and as we were kind of a couple months away from shooting both of us kind of were talking and we're like we really haven't seen enough horror movies to be jumping into making one so every night like a couple months leading up to the shoot, we'd watch two or three horror movies and just kind of really fell in love with the genre through that. And then we've been making horror films ever since. So it's kind of like a late bloom, but kind of, it was cool as an adult to be able to explore all of these movies that I'd kind of missed out on in my childhood watching. Oh, you dove into the drama and stuff. Exactly. <laughs> You're like, no, I don't, I'm going to watch two or three a night and make yeah. horror movies. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was a very quick education. Wow, that's awesome. I know that. That is awesome. In particular, I know Sam, speaking of Jason, is on his first run through of Friday the 13th in general. So, like, oh, yeah. late bloomer. I mean, he, I've definitely missed like all the Hellraiser movies. There's a bunch. That's fun yeah. to like sure, go into. Many, now. It's easy to have gaps in knowledge. Exactly. Even at, you know, our old age and everything. <laughs> I feel like now that we're doing this podcast, I'm trying to like catch up on all this. Yeah, right. I feel like <laughs> I have we're to talk in horror movies all the time. <laughs> yeah. But speaking of these different franchises and ever, everything, is there a dream 
property that you would like to be a part of making? I don't know. Yeah, it's a hard question because I, I feel like for me as a filmmaker, I'm always trying to explore different things. So I, I in terms of like like a, a specific brand or something, I'm not sure. It's it's a bit You're of like, a no, tough that's question. Whack. I want to do some original. Yeah. I don't know if we don't <laughs> original do stuff. <laughs> I think it'd be fun to to explore like a lot of the, the franchise and stuff, but it, it's hard to pick one. Yeah. Not sure. I get it. Fair. <laughs> so IMDb. You're listed as a producer on VHS 94. Mm. Um, so I, I don't really know how it works on these anthology movies. Is that just a segment that you produced or does it work where the whole movie, how does that yeah, shake out for that one? I mean, I think with anthologies, it is always, it kind of varies because sometimes they're very split up and sometimes they're more cohesive. Uh, VHS 94 was, was fairly cohesive other than Timo's um, where he, he shot that over in Jakarta. So he had his own mm-hmm. team and was pretty kind of just did that on his own, but we shot mm-hmm. the rest of the other four segments we shot up in, in Toronto um and where we we it was in the middle of like the pandemic so we basically um took over this this holiday in um conference center and the entire cast and crew kind of worked in a bubble where we just nice. everybody moved into this huge hotel and we built sets in this huge conference like center room it was just like a kind of a perfect situation where hotels were struggling and film was looking for ways to keep things right. like tight Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, that, that, that film was shot over a period of, of, I think like four or five months because we kind of kept going back to, for each one where we did a couple together and then we'd, we'd go back and do another one. Interesting. Cool. Yeah. I, so, I, I th- Brian, did you have something? No, I was going to say, I think we've heard that story with all these other, I don't know if we want to call them like pandemic movies or stuff that happened mm-hmm. during that time where it was like, yeah, these, these little bubbles that you had to form where you got lucky enough to, you know, get yeah. this hotel area, well, get this warehouse or this whatever X. Yeah, there's all these venues that are just as de- desperate to fill their venue as you are to yeah. make something. Right. So it ends up working yeah. out for both. Yeah, very symbiotic. That one worked out really well. And the, the hotel was super supportive and they were like, this is so weird. And then um, <laughs> I think, yeah, it was, it was just kind of a cool, cool two industries kind of working together figuring out how to how to make it through a, a difficult time right. beautiful there's something nice came out of it <laughs> <laughs> exactly um so what uh that our buddy ross who couldn't be here wanted he was kind of curious about uh with vhs 94 so there's some like creature feature aspects to it with mm-hmm. ratma and everything like that hail ratma. hail ratma um he was curious if you are interested in exploring that world of creature features and doing some sort of monster movie <laughs> yeah I, mean, I think it'd be fun i mean there's 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 a moment where our testing wasn't coming back for the guy playing ratma and there was a conversation where i was like oh kurt's also super skinny and tall and maybe he could fit <laughs> into the, the costume so there's a very close super close. but thankfully he got through it i didn't have to call on my knees um yeah. but yeah it was it was it was really fun i mean it's really fun working with prosthetics and, and the guys that built the ratma and, and a couple of the other builds that we did it was so cool to kind of see that in person and and come to life right Take so yeah shape, i think man. i think it'd be fun to, to do something in that kind of makeup world for sure cool well i don't think i have anything else not related to influencer do you <laughs> at this point yeah moving on right, right so terrifically cast film all the actors crush it cassandra nod uh no nod not yeah. no really shines in her role she's 
incredible. I'm curious what the casting process was like and in particular what you're looking for mm-hmm. in CW, that character. Yeah. So, I mean, some of the cast we'd worked with before, uh, Sarah Canning, we'd done a couple of movies with and we'd worked with Lori on a couple of films. Uh, Emily came recommended from, from a close friend who um, was another actor kind of here up in Canada. And then with Cassandra, we, we were searching for our CW for, for quite a while, um, kind of talking to different actors and, and, and kind of going through the auditioning process and stuff. And with Cassandra, we, uh, she came recommended from, again, kind of a mutual other actor that we knew. Um, we had coffee and kind of just chatted and we did a full table read where she played, um, actually she read for Madison and Jessica. And cause what, what we were really looking for with CW is kind of that enigmatic, like chameleon type where it's like seeing her read the roles for these other roles and seeing kind of how she would change and adjust based on the character. It was kind of a cool litmus test to see how she could kind of just switch it on and off and, and kind of flip from, from one very different character to another. Um, And then after that read through, we were kind of, we were like kind of barely into it and, Tesh and I were already talking like, oh yeah, I think we've, I think we found it. Got it. No, that's awesome. That's but, a but yeah, it was ride. Cassandra's. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was Cassandra's like, it was her first feature film. Um, she'd never driven a motorcycle. She'd never driven a boat. She'd never really internationally traveled. <laughs> so it was kind of like, it was, it was a funny kind of, she just kind of dumped, jumped headfirst into, uh, into kind of this crazy character. Oh, uh, you can tell she embraced it because yeah. uh, she's, yeah, riveting <laughs> for sure. Did you always plan, was it always set in Thailand or yeah. is that? Yes, yeah, so I'd always wanted to make a movie over there. Um, I went over there in 2019 um, knowing that we kind of had, we had kind of the, the trails of the story and I was already kind of travel over to Southeast Asia. And so I was kind of figuring out where exactly in Southeast Asia it was going to take place. But Thailand always felt like the, kind of the place i mean i loved like the beach and kind of those movies just for sure. the, the atmosphere of, of what they were I was gonna say it was part of that were. just to go back there and get to be there exactly. again yeah <laughs> exactly well and, and tesh actually came over and we were scouting a little bit knowing that we wanted to, to make this movie um and we we thought we were going to shoot it in 2020 we got greenlit in early 2020 to go do it and then obviously chaos ensued mm-hmm. and we were pushed back a year and a half and through that period we 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 were kind of talking like Mexico was opening up and a few of the like Latin American countries were, were starting to have sure. tourism and Thailand was still so locked down. Um, and so we kind of chatted, we're like, do we just try to do it down in Central America? It, would that change it? And ultimately we were like, well, if we can't, if we can't get Thailand, we don't really want to do the movie. Uh, so that was, we thankfully, thankfully they opened up and they ended up being super supportive. So. That's awesome. Great. Yeah, it, it I'm does. I'm glad they did open up because I'm glad you did the movie. <laughs> exactly. And yeah. and where and where it takes place, it does feel there's there's something the, magical. The environment oh, yeah. is certainly a setting, yeah. you know, a piece to the mm-hmm. film for sure. Yeah, there's nothing like Southeast Asia has a has something special to it for sure. Yeah, like I mean, besides being just like picturesque, picturesque and mm-hmm. gorgeous looking, I mean. By the way, beautiful cinematography. The film looks amazing. Oh, yeah, <laughs> I think that that's exactly, yeah, one yeah. beautiful gem to it. Speaking of CW, because yeah, I mean she's the amazing character. Was there any? We don't get too much, I guess, mm-hmm. of a backstory. Did you have any backstory in mind? Did you actually shoot any? Did you develop anything with Cassandra, or is it just all left to this? What we see. Yeah, we wanted. We wanted to kind of play with ambiguity with her, um, especially, and Cassandra had talked about it a bunch, like the two of us had, had kind of talked about 
kind of where she'd come from, why she was over there, um, and landed on a few things. And, and, but a, a big thing for us was just not going into that typical bond speech of, I hate influencers because I was bullied. That's not really what we, <laughs> what we wanted to explore. It's, it's more of a bit of it, the mystery, leaving those clues kind of throughout. And like we have the scene where, Ryan's kind of interrogating her and, and kind of making inferences of why he thinks she does it. Mm-hmm. And the other characters, her speech talking about how nobody really cares. Is, is it just about proving a point? Um, and, or is it a monetary thing? Is she, I mean, she's obviously benefiting from it. And then also plagued into hypocrisy of, of there is, seems to be some satisfaction she's getting out of being these people online. Is it just, is she just living vicariously through influencers mm-hmm. and is it just like this kind of outward projection that she's like i hate them but there is still that kind of darkness that she falls for as well but but the movie is is mostly about kind of familiarity and, and trusting first impressions and, and for us all of the characters kind of fall into that term of influencer as a, a blanket term and so playing with kind of expectations and um, subverting who you can trust because you'd kind of just think that you can trust someone who is another American traveling. Like, so we wanted to kind yeah. of play with those. I mean, the yeah. little bit of international travel I did do, I would, I went over to Japan one time, but it's like that you meet someone who speaks English. It's kind of like mm-hmm. you immediately trust, them. trust yeah. and familiarity. Yeah, exactly. And so that was, I mean, that, that whole thing of like, for us it was like going over yeah you meet another american you immediately some for some reason you just immediately trust them whereas if you're in north america you're not going to have that same trust but for some reason <laughs> if you're in an unfamiliar like situation you look for that familiarity you you eat foods that you're used to even though you've mm-hmm. spent all this money to go try to try and like experience a culture a cheeseburger. Um, exactly <laughs> so i think i think that for us was is just like how can we kind of pull the rug on one that kind of familiar trust. That's great. I'm glad you didn't go the like, well, I just hate social media and I was bullied. Yeah. It, would, it would have seemed like too ham-fisted and not yeah, the like monologue at the end or whatever. Enough yeah. or interesting. So. Yeah. Well, and just talking to Cassandra too of, of her life, like I think she did this TEDx talk um, that's really great where she kind of talks about growing up and how she didn't get bullied growing up. And it's, it's funny how like there's always this kind of immediate like judgment of like oh it must have been hard growing up with like she has a the, the birthmark and, mm-hmm. and so i think like for her it was is hearing kind of her story and, and how she's like this is not what it's about this is it's just there's something else, like some darkness that we want to explore with the character and and not just spoon feed it to the audience so there's clues along the way and there's there a lot of conversations of how how much we needed to to really give before yeah kind of finding right balance. you said that she did a ted talk on it yeah so she has a so she yeah so she went she went viral a number of years ago and and did this tedx talk kind of about this whole thing about appearances and and the idea that um she went through kind of the the media frenzy of of like she was going viral because of because of the birthmark and Mm. i I encourage you to check it out because i she'll she does a much better job than i i'll butcher explaining kind of her her life story but but a lot of the a lot of the the reporters and stuff were constantly kind of trying to pull this kind of bullying angle on her own life story, and she's like, "This is not what I've experienced. I've I've, I've not run into this." And, and eventually, she kind of like just said, "Yeah, I was bullied," and she regretted it because it was like they ended up using that. Right. So I think it was it was it was a cool. It's I think that like watching that TEDx talk and just kind of her the way she just owns it and is so confident as a person. 
um, you meet her and she's just, she's got like such a cool vibe around her. Um, mm-hmm. that, was a, that, was a, that was a big thing that sold Tesh and I on. And it's like, oh, she can pull this off. Yeah. You can feel it. The, the characters. Yeah. I mean, we'll keep saying it. It's great. <laughs> um, <laughs> one of the things I was wondering is how did you choose to balance, I guess, gore and violence with you mm-hmm. know, the psychological aspect? Because there's one scene in particular that I can think of with the stiletto, stiletto heel, yeah. um, which you don't see, which you some films definitely would have shown that. Yeah. I mean, for us, like this movie definitely falls more into the, the thriller territory. And we we're kind of finding that balance of like how violent do you want to go when you're mm-hmm. when you're kind of balancing a, a bunch of things and it is very much both the psychological aspects and and I think like with that kill in particular it was it was like let's get the uncomfortable aspect of it but it's more about kind of giving that feeling in the throat as opposed mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. a gore in this particular the film the yeah. squeamish aspect of it so a lot of the movie is just about kind of playing with with kind of making you feel uncomfortable in, in different sort of scenarios as opposed to a more traditional horror movie that this one kind of fell more into the thriller territory. Yeah, that was... Oh, yeah, it absolutely does and plays with your expectations mm. a lot. <laughs> well, that's the thing. Like, Tesh and I always talk about how, how smart modern audiences are and they, they see the stuff coming a mile away. And so for us, it's like, how can we try to surprise some people? Because we're not going to get everybody, but I think we try to kind of play into the tropes, but then kind of pull them out under. Well, you do exactly. You're yeah. showing them and you're like, Hey, you've seen this before. You know what mm-hmm. this is. Ha, no, it's not, mm-hmm. which is great. <laughs> That's what I want from a movie. Yeah. It was so much fun. I mean, just the fact that we, we spent so much time in the beginning with the character of Madison and then we know the setup of, we feel what it's leading up to, mm-hmm. but then to just have mm-hmm. her off screen, just, dead presumably <laughs> and all of a sudden and then we get our, our titles which was yeah. just i felt worked so well into the flow and we change aspects oh, yeah. of going into cw's view of what the hell mm-hmm. she's doing and it was it was a fun yeah. ride <laughs> very much yeah yeah that was a moment where i was like buckled up and in for it when once those credits start i was like oh okay like oh, yeah. this is because it builds that dread you know something's gonna happen but i didn't know when it could have been at the end of the movie it could have been and you don't know how you're gonna follow what happens and everything and once but i was like you know i've, I've watched a lot of horror movies i've seen a lot of movies start <laughs> this way so i'm sure i'll somehow see it coming and yeah. I, I didn't which was great <laughs> i'm glad to hear yeah that was our that was our goal <laughs> So I guess, did you have like, so you said, you know, you're, you've been pounding through all these movies night after night and all this stuff. Was there any inspiration that you were pulling from, from that was guiding you through the script through, I mean, you worked on so many aspects of this. So like the script, mm-hmm. the the actual filming, the editing. Yeah. I mean, I mean, Tesh and I are both huge Hitchcock fans. I think that that is probably apparent in, in kind of the, the type of story this one is. Um, there's a couple of movies that we watched that I, I got. Got that psycho thing. The psycho, yeah, I mean, psycho is like it, it does the same thing. So I think like <laughs> kind of playing with your expectations and, and kind of pulling the the, the protagonist switch. Um, but I think like there's a couple movies that that we all watched that I got I got the cast and crew to watch together before we made the movie. Um, there's a great documentary um, called The Imposter. If you haven't heard about it, don't read anything. Just watch it. Okay. I don't know if you, either of you guys have seen. It's really cool. Just kind of a, an interesting character study of of kind of that chameleon type thing. There's another movie, Korean movie, Burning. That was kind of a fun tone um, comparison of what we were kind of looking for of, of playing into, to, yeah, again, kind of a character you can't trust and you're not sure what to make 
of these people that you're running into. And there's a, a bunch of other references. I mean, Talented Mr. Ripley is a, is a great, great take oh, sure. on kind of the character switch ups and stuff. Sorry, I was putting it in, the imposter on my watch list on yeah. Letterboxd. Yeah, it's definitely, it's very fun. It's a, it's a very fun ride. Um, as you slowly uncover familiar. what, what the real, the real story is. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think towards our last bits here, influencer still new, definitely, you mm. know, probably promoting that up, but do you have anything kind of in the wheelhouse working on that you want to talk about or just, you know, anything like that? What's yeah. On the horizon? We're, I mean, nothing really to, to announce yet where we've got a couple movies in, in development that we're hoping to get into production really soon. Um, we just wrapped a movie. I work with uh, Brandon Christensen quite a bit. Mm-hmm. He did the movie Z, Stillborn, and Superhost that we did last. Um, so we just wrapped a new one that's that's really fun that'll be coming out sometime next year. Um, awesome. But yeah, nothing nothing specific yet, unfortunately. No problem. Yeah, I just watched uh, Superhost recently, and Sarah, Sarah, who was in... Sarah Gunning, yeah. Yeah, she's yep. an influencer. Was in that I was like, I recognize you. Yeah. That was a fun yeah. one for sure. And then I went, I went yeah, on a whole a like a, you know spiral uh of your movies yeah. and stuff recently as well sam hasn't watched it yet so i can't really i don't want to like spoil anything with that one yeah, but yeah. that was definitely a fun fun it's been on my watch list and then yeah. what when i saw that you directed and we we're having you on i was like shit i gotta try and get it in before it's didn't get a chance to get it in yet very very different movie for sure it, it, it's 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 good though uh that's that's i think that's all that we really have for tonight you know um sam nothing else uh awesome yeah nothing else thank you for your time thank you for making a dope movie can't wait to see what else you do the we try and keep our interviews short just to give people a little taste of everything um we in in our influencer episode we just did we encouraged everybody to watch the movie without knowing anything about it yeah probably should have said something about that up top here but, um, i mean we didn't spoil too much choices. maybe i don't know but yeah uh even though like the just the all of it protagonist shift you know what i mean i feel is a spoiler yeah, yeah. i'll put it in the description need to have yeah. like a video of uh curtis being like arrive on time don't miss the beginning don't tell your friends <laughs> don't tell them don't tell anyone. Yeah, we need we need like the Hitchcock intro of him like standing exactly. at the desk being like, "You have to watch this movie without talking about it." <laughs> and we actually saw Curtis in the background in one of the shots, walking a dog by. Right. By. Very yeah. Hitchcocky. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> um, so, is there anything where people can find you? Do you want to throw people any certain way to check anything out? Yeah, I mean, I'm on Twitter and, and Instagram and stuff. Uh, the movie's on Shutter. Uh, it's streaming now. Um, both Spiral and uh, an influencer are both both on there, and among a bunch of other movies that we've done. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, I think that pretty much covers it. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> cool thank you so much and for all of you club members out there you know how to get at us and until next time peace